0: Hello out there and welcome to another TN Tite special. Our guest this week has been a referee of the British wrestling scene for the past 18 years. You may have seen him on the WWE Network on Progress. He is also a referee for some of the biggest independent promotions in the UK, including Pro UK and Fight Nation Wrestling, as well as All-Star Wrestling and Premier Wrestling, two of UK's oldest promotions. He is... Mr. Chris Hatch, welcome to the show. What an intro, thank you very much. (laughs) Not a problem, how are you today? Yeah, really good, really
1: good. Um, Pleased to be back out and about with the wrestling quite as much as I've been lucky enough to do in the last few months. And uh, yeah, just pleased to be going.
0: Indeed we look forward to speaking to you about it and we are of course Tights, A Great British Wrestling Podcast for Great British Wrestling as featured on Bodyslam.net I am your host the Great British attacker Mr Andrew Moore and Ethan Most and my co-host as always is the pro wrestling t-shirt champion of the world Big Daddy Dan Daniel Allen. How are you Daniel? I am enjoying this beautiful sunny day you wouldn't think it was October
2: the temperatures like this would you? No, it's lovely. We've got strong winds up north, but the weather itself is really nice. Oh, well, that's north for you. I'll I'll enjoy south. Where roughly are you based, Chris?
1: So I'm on the Kent-London border. So uh, I, I like to say Kent because it sounds nicer. So I'll take the sunny south for today.
2: I'm heading to Kent for some wrestling tomorrow. I'm going to Rumble Wrestling.
0: I will see you there. Hey, excellent. Oh, excellent. Of course, uh, because we have a UK referee, we might as well mention that it is the Malmason lightweight tournament final. Uh, and the special guest, guest referee is Mr. Steve Gray.
1: Correct, yeah. And he certainly, if anyone's going to know uh, how to run through a rounds match, it's going to be uh, Steve. So,
2: yeah, amen to that. I'm really looking forward to this. I um, went along to watch the semi finals um, and it was excellent it's going to be a, a very good evening of wrestling
0: what was the last british rounds match that you actually got to referee oh
1: blimey it would be quite a long time ago um it, i'm gonna say it probably involved johnny kidd because he tended to do a few of the odd uh, guest appearances on shows and yeah johnny kidd in a rounds match just absolutely phenomenal
0: phenomenal wrestler have you enjoyed the actual sort of like the nxt uk bringing that back as a heritage cup and doing that and honoring the history of it
1: i like that it's honoring the history of it it's certainly a little bit different but it's it's modernized to a present day audience which is understandable so it's nice to have some semblance of it coming through especially when they've got johnny saint involved it just keeps these little nods back which help differentiate it from any of the other products they've got
0: yes so when did you start getting interested in yourself
1: so it was just flicking through the tv when i was young one day as most people oh i like this and then really got into it 97 98 time um and then walking along local high street and there was a poster up with a show with yoko zuna on it um (laughs) And that was my first British show. It must have been 98, 99, something like that. Um, and it turns out it was uh, Yokozuna and Rikishi as a team in a four on two tag. I mean, at that time, I had very little idea who Fatu was as he was announced on the show. So, um, but yeah, well, it was a four on two tag. And it just, I got the bug from there. And it was a case of I went to that first show um, because of the international draw but then they did a G on that show for Robbie Brookside versus Soldier of Doom in a ladder match the next time. So there was no import on the next show, but I was so drawn into going to see that match they'd set up that I was then hooked into going every time.
0: That's awesome. I really look forward to having you on because, uh, uh, as Daniel will tell you, one of my biggest gripes these days are wrestlers following rules. Uh Now, this has kind of been a common criticism of AEW in their tag division. Uh, I don't want to name names. Uh, What's your kind of take on this?
1: Yeah, I would say the AEW referees are a fairly fairly relaxed view on the rules, but in the sense of it still has to be, we know it's sports entertainment. Mm. So if they're still telling the story of the match they need to, I'm not necessarily going to go, oh, you let them do that or you didn't let them do that. I I get it. I get why they're doing it. Is it for me? Probably not so much. I'm very much a stickler for the rules. We've mentioned rounds matches already. I love rounds matches because they give the referee more authority. Um, So, yeah, there's... I understand it, whether I like it or not, maybe not so much, but I do get why they're doing it.
2: I could at least do it like ICW and announce it as AEW rules as opposed to ICW rules being, yeah, pretty much just anything goes and roughly <laughs> count to three. Um, at least they could do something along those lines.
0: Do you actually have to ask promoters, especially to like newer promotions that come up and ask you to be a referee, what rules are you wanting in the ring? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think
1: near enough everyone nowadays just goes by the American sort of what you would call standard WWE style rules. Um, there's only a couple of exceptions to that, or it's used as, like you say, as a certain, it'll be a certain style of match that they'll specifically say, oh, but this one, can you do it like this? Um, but in general, most promotions now just go with the American style rules and they'll tell you otherwise if it needs to be different.
0: Yeah. Uh, I one of the new well, it's an old rule that they've reinstated in the WWE. Is this uh, you can only break up a pin once during a tag team match? What do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I I like that. Again, otherwise, how long would a match you could in re, in reality a match could just go and go and go. Um, so I've got no problem with that. And the good thing if you're maybe if you'd <laughs> on the level of wwe the referees really you've always got authority but the referees have got the authority that you break the pin up twice i'll throw the match out you're going to get in trouble for it backstage
0: yeah (laughs) um
1: which maybe doesn't happen so much at other levels but if they're going to bring in rules like that and the refs have got the backup to do it then i'm all for it excellent anything
2: dan (laughs) um well as far as the rules go um how many times do you see British um, rings having tag ropes or is it generally just to try and keep them vaguely in the corner?
1: It's very, very rare um, and so rare that often when the tag ropes are there, you have to remind the wrestlers that they're meant to be holding them. Um, and even then, it doesn't always go to plan. Um, it's one that progress have made a big point of having the tag ropes um, for their taping. So that's one where I've gone, oh, that's nice, I've seen the tag ropes, but it's not particularly common nowadays for them to be there and they often get ignored anyway.
0: Uh, So one of my ones is, what actually constitutes a legal tag?
1: So this is an interesting one because it's been debated a little bit lately. A tag has to be above the waist. So you can tag the hand, you can tag the back, but if they stick their foot out, and it's a hand to foot tag then you don't let it go
0: oh cck used to be terrible for that one didn't they chris brooks and uh yeah i remember that
1: and you you do then get exceptions where people go we're going to do this tag but can you let it go this time and again it's one of those that dare i say if you're doing a progress or a pro you've got to be a little bit more people are watching if you're on a family-friendly show These kids are not going to worry that they've tagged with their foot. They just want to see wrestling. So I don't
0: know. uh, I might be pointing that out on Friday.
1: uh, (laughs) Well, I'll I'll be a stickler. Don't you worry. Uh,
0: Because the uh, Progress actually made a point of that during Greedy Souls matches recently, actually. I remember a couple of times. I wondered if that was actually something Greedy Souls has said to do because it then led to them being able to do a a behind-the-referee double-team.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of it was, I believe they did it intentionally so that the referee was then distracted by keeping the guy out of the ring so they could do something. But it was still within, it was part of the rules to get to that point. So, yeah.
0: No, I, I like that. So, I, I, I'm a big, yeah, stick it uh One of the ones I've, I've got, a Sunshine Machine, is the one where they go in between the ropes. Is that technically legal or should it be above the top rope?
1: Hmm, that's a very good question. I would probably go with letting that go because it's still a hand-to-hand tag. I would probably let that go.
0: There we go. There we go. Some basic rules of uh, wrestling. I I love things like that. I hope you guys did as well. Uh, Let's talk about some of... uh, Who do you see right now as the big stars on the UK independent scene?
1: So, I mean... Wherever you go, there's certain names that keep cropping up as being top level talents. Chris Ridgway, um, obviously with the Ring of Honor news. Hopefully, that's not going to deter him too much. But he's made a name in Japan. He's made his name over here. I can't see him it being long before he makes his name across the pond even more as well. Um, Karunawa just seems to keep performing, and I don't know where he pulls it out the bag from sometimes. <laughs> It's it, it just so good and such a mind for wrestling as well. Um, and also, just seeing Doug Williams back, I absolutely love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, good old Doug. Uh, when, he, when he announced return, uh, it was amazing. But then to see him not just popping up for the big promotions, but popping up for all oh, nearly every promotion across the UK, I think he literally got a booking for. And uh, certainly fair play to just get him back out there and doing it. And he has been out there. He's been at so many promotions. I've seen
2: him at Rev Pro. I've seen him at um, FNW. Um, yeah, he's he's been all
0: over the place. Shropshire Wrestling Alliance as well. <laughs> just, it, it's it's good to see that. Uh, same with Chris Ridgway. He's uh, all over the place. Uh, now you actually just talked about Wrestle Carnival. Uh, for you guys who don't know are out there yet, if you've checked out ROH's latest week by week. Uh, Chris Ridgway had a ROH Pure Rules match, uh, at which point he was uh, offered an opportunity to join Jonathan Gresham's foundation. Have you wanted to referee a Pure Rules match like that? Being
1: such a, an advocate for the rounds matches, I would love to do a match like that. Um, And I believe it was James Greenwood ref that match, and I was—I've not seen it back, but I was told what a great job he did of putting over the uh, the number of rope breaks and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's the sort of match I would love to do.
0: I think we need to incorporate that in the UK pure rules match. Uh, I can see it happening. Now, one of the questions we ask, typically, all our guests. Uh, we look across the pond in the United States and they say the Mount Rushmore and it's always American wrestlers. And of course, you've got the four pillars in Japan. We, like, we created Mount Rushton, and we think uh, that UK wrestlers deserve it just as much as some of these guys. Uh, the lineage of UK wrestling dates back much further than most. Who do you think in the UK would deserve to be on that mountain?
1: Okay, so I've already said Doug. Um, he's got to have a spot um, just for what he's done for so many years and at the level he's done it and around the world. Um, he's like top name that's got to go on there. Um, one personal one for me, I put Robbie Brookside on there. Um, again, what he did over the years and now what he's doing in, um, in America with the training, you can just see elements of it. And when I was... Um, Fairly new in the wrestling scene. I saw a lot of Robbie. I did a bit of travelling with Robbie and watched some of the training sessions he was taking. And you can tell them why WWE now wants in there training their people, because it was just so good to um, so good to watch. Um, even if he does always rip, rip on me for being a Saints fan whilst he's an Everton fan, but we can ignore <laughs> that bit. Um, Rollable Rocco. Nice. Just to go for that era. Knew how to incite a crowd at every opportunity. Um, And for me, that was, he was one of the defining characters of the era. Yes, you had your big daddy to your giant haystacks. Your your, your three that, if you ask any non-wrestling fan, they've heard of. Um, But for me, it was Rocco getting the crowd going that um, meant an awful lot during that era. Um, Fourth one. Am I allowed to go for somebody I class as an honorary Brit?
2: Yes. Yeah, God,
1: of course, God, sure. God. So I class Tony Storm as an honorary Brit, and Fair I place. think she helped the British wrestling scene level up um, when she was over here, and it's no surprise that she's now doing such amazing things in America as well. So, yeah, I I would put her on it for what she's done for the women's scene over here.
0: That's excellent. I think that's the first time someone's actually put a, a, a female competitor on the list. So. Fair playing, well done. (laughs) So that's looking at some of the most
2: experienced um, wrestlers from the UK scene. Who do you see at the moment that's coming up? Because as um, we mentioned, you you are as close as can possibly be. Um, Who do you see as the young talent that are coming through that are going to be making a huge difference in the next sort of 18 months to two years?
1: So there's plenty around, absolutely plenty of talent. We're not going to be struggling, let's put it that way. Um, but there's – I'm going to say two names here. Um, One has got to be Danny Black. Yeah. I have been so impressed, and I'd already say he's already stepped up. I wouldn't say say he's an up-and-comer anymore, but from seeing him, I think I reffed his first match. So to see his progression and then for him to be on the progress shows and in the matches – whether he was planned to be in those matches or not, he puts himself in those positions because he was so good at those tapings. Mm. And I can just see him keep rising and rising and rising for now. Um, And one other name that I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't necessarily call them an up-and-comer because they've been around for a good number of years now, but the steps up that Brendan White's taken lately Mm-hmm. has been really good he's had some some great matches um in rev pro where they've put him with doug as a team brendan has absolutely absolutely shone in that position he's looked good as part of the greedy souls in in progress and i wouldn't say he's just a tag wrestler by any means he can really go so i'd say he's got big things in the next 12
0: months Just finished watching his tag team match uh, live in Southampton, which is on the RevPro UK on demand service now. And yeah, brilliant, brilliant match. And his wrestling, as you say, because he's a big lad. He's a power. He can just get away with being a power wrestler. But his step up in technical ability recently has just been evident to see working alongside someone like Doug Williams. Uh, We were discussing this actually on the podcast this
2: week um, about the two different tag teams that he's in. So, yeah, very apt. So one of the questions that I always like to ask people is, um, obviously, with all the companies that you work with, um, you get to experience many different wrestling rings. And I can imagine when there are some small rings, it can become somewhat challenging when it comes to rope breaks. What is the worst ring that you've ever had to work in?
1: Worst ring. Oh, now there's, there's a few that aren't as good. Um, I've never really had a problem. Sometimes if they're a bit small, then it's a problem, but you tend to on those shows have wrestlers who can work around that. Okay. Um, But I'll I'll take one that was a learning curve for me was, um, I won't name exactly what ring, but when I first started refereeing, I walked out to the start of the show, jumped up on the side of the ring and put my knee down on the apron as normal where the padding was about that far in the ring so I just went straight onto to pure wooden boards and from that day on I've worn knee pads for shows, not necessarily for while I'm in the ring but for just getting in and out of the ring oh.
2: Nasty <laughs> Oh, So we, we've seen some interesting rings at shows recently with some ropes collapsing um, we saw one where the boards came apart recently, didn't we, um, Andy? Yes, that was that was Rev Pro actually. Um, so that was challenging, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, the the boards in the Rev Pro ring do occasionally shift, so that that's a challenge. But tend to work around it. I did have one show I did once where a board just completely collapsed through the middle of the ring, um, and. I think it was the match before the main event, they managed to push it back in place. And we were actually doing some sort of TV taping at the time. And the main event was a triple threat. It was triple threat with Pac Haskins and Kip Sabian. And wow. they did the first two minutes of the match and the board went again. And they managed to. we managed to go to where the commercial break was going to be. They brawled round the ring whilst people were under the ring, pushing the board back into place, nobody realised, and then we went back in, came back from commercial and finished the rest of the match.
2: (laughs) Fantastic. You must have some wonderful stories like that from matches that have had to change on the fly.
1: Um, I've been fortunate. I've not had too many of them. It's things like, that. that's probably the one that stands out that we had to go, oh, hang on a minute, we've got to work around this. But I mean, You've got the traditional. Somebody gets injured, and you either have to call it, or you have to change the finish, or something like that. That happened a couple of weeks ago. There was a match that somebody got hurt, and it was like, well, we're not going to finish early, but we're going to cut a chunk of the match out and go to a finish so that we can get them backstage and get them checked. So there's little things like that, but I think the most notable one was just the board completely slipping.
2: Hell of a lineup in that match.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty big match. Uh, probably stands out as one of the best matches I've refed. I would say.
0: And we've talked about some of the matches that you do like to referee, but what are some of the match stipulations that you absolutely hate having to be a referee for? <laughs> well, um, not, there's not nothing.
1: Yeah, there's nothing I particularly hate when things go very, very no DQ. I'm just not a fan. I'm, I'm not a fan of blood in wrestling. I don't I know there's there can be a point to it, but I'm not a fan of it. I don't like seeing it. Um, having had someone absolutely covered in blood in one of the matches I did in the early days and then he cut him, he actually cut himself later in the match. like it's just not for me. So yeah, anything when we're starting going oh let's have some barbed wire involved or let's have something like. Yeah, I'm not such a fan, but that seems few and far between over here.
0: Yeah, it seems like the deathmatch scene in the UK is not as big as it once was.
1: Yeah, no, there's certainly not as much. There's occasionally you'll have, oh, we need We need to take a match somewhere and it will be no DQ and there might be some weapons or they. it, it sort of gets towards a deathmatch, but there don't seem to be too many like where we're seeing light tubes and things. And I certainly... I won't say I wouldn't I won't ref them but I certainly stay away if there's an opportunity to.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you. Uh, Dan up above, he's a deathmatch lover. I, I I'm not a big fan of deathmatch wrestling. I just
2: I enjoy my deathmatch wrestling. I enjoy most wrestling, but I know that you are very much more of the um, the Japanese technical style. I know that is your um your thing, Andy.
0: Yeah, they do have their own hardcore as well and they get really Oh yeah.
1: Good. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know if you saw the recent uh, Dark Side of the Ring FNW.
2: I haven't watched the FNW one. I did just watch the XPW, though. Um, <laughs> that, that was an entertaining company to watch. So, Chris, next question. I was at FNW in Milton Keynes recently. Um, not the last taping, but the one before. And you had more chance for you
1: than most of the wrestlers did. So this is the thing. Try not to be the centre of attention as a referee. And I genuinely think I do that. But just from emceeing, I've, I've worked near enough every Milton King show since Unit 9 started having wrestling there. And just little things that started happening. And I started getting a few chants. And then um, Bobby Tyler or Stevie Turner, as she's now known, pushed me over one show um and the crowd went nuts and people that there was people were saying well you two are having a match then I'm like well I'm not doing that I'm not going that far (laughs) um but yeah I've just always got a reaction there and it's a bit more difficult because I announced I announced mostly there so it's a bit awkward when I'm then refereeing because I'm trying not to take away from the match whereas at least if I'm announcing it's in that little segment and then I move away and the match carries on but um But it's good fun. Somebody put a beanie on my head at the last show. And uh, I was like, do I just leave it on the whole match or do I take it off? And at what point do I take it off so the crowd don't start booing? Um, So I got it over and done with quickly. I put it on, took it off, done. Let's focus on the wrestling now.
0: Yeah, actually, one other criticism that's come of sort of AEW referees are that they are taking too much attention away by overreacting to moves and things? How do you to kind of see this? So
1: this is an interesting one that I was having a discussion with um, a couple of other refs about the other day. There's two schools of it. One, yes, you react to moves because they're big moves and things. But at the end of the day, you're the professional in there and you see this every day. So in a way, you shouldn't really react because you're almost expecting some of these things to happen. So again, I think it's finding this happy medium, depending what shows you're doing and who you're working with, of do you need to react or do you not? I can see why AEW refs do. Um, By the way, I'm a huge fan of Bryce Ramsberg as a ref as well. So um, that's probably, uh, there's a mitigating circumstance why I'm gonna defend them a bit more, but (laughs) yeah. um, I can see why they react. Again, I try not to nowadays. But there are still circumstances where you will and certain shows where you will.
0: And WWE have gone the opposite way about it, where they don't actually announce the referee's name anymore during matches. And I actually find that as slightly disrespectful. I like... I think in the professional sports you typically say who the referee is.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you watch boxing, every fight they'll announce who the referee is and who the judges are. Hmm. So to me i wouldn't necessarily say we need to hear it every match because it would get a bit tedious but for your main events for your in-ring introductions i certainly think the referee should be announced yeah. your referee for this match yeah exactly mm-hmm. and then you move into the introduction yeah
0: uh one of the other things that we recently discussed due to the pwi 150 coming out is uh, obviously we had three of our top independent stars make the list but it seems to be that uh, the US media only only consider Progress and RevPro UK as what should be thing. But what other promotions do you think these guys should be paying attention to outside of those?
1: Um, Other than all of them, um, (laughs) because that's a very diplomatic answer. And it's also difficult for me to not just say the companies that I work for, but I think it's about having this online service nowadays. I think that's what the promotions are maybe missing because you can watch Progress and Rev Pro anywhere in the world. Wrestle Carnival are doing a really good job of getting their matches out there in the same way. Um, Fight Nation, we were, we, I think we they're trying to move back towards that model as well. Um, but again, it's getting seen out there. Um, Based on recent shows I've worked and done, I really think um, Purpose Wrestling could be a breakout promotion that people need to be watching. And they're using some different talents as well. Mm. It's not it, it's a good blend of who they're, they're bringing people in, they're establishing their own guys they want to push. And the shows I've done for them so far have been top-notch. So um, that would be one company that I'd like to see noticed a lot more out there
0: yeah they've been one of our top companies uh to push uh i actually mentioned the fact that yes progress should actually be worried about what purpose resin have been doing i love the fact that they use uh, an almost full-size ring rather than the, the much smaller uh, rings that you can are out there and as you mentioned the talents michael uh michael oku ajmo uh, connor mills that Jordan Breaks, Connor Mills was just an incredible match.
1: Yeah, Jordan Breaks, again, is I, I probably should have listed him in the breakout stars because the way he can work nowadays is just phenomenal. And you feel like he could turn up two minutes before his match, just walk in there and do it because he's that good.
0: Mm. Uh, you've got the NIC over there, the North Island connection, such a great uh, young tag team really making their... They were making ways in progress, but right now, as you say, they're part of the Purpose Wrestling and they've just done such a great job with three fantastic tackling matches so far. I think they're dropping uh, one on YouTube tonight. I think. Yeah. I think I saw a little tweet about it. I did say yes, please. So hopefully the latest uh, Purpose Wrestling will be on YouTube. Uh, so all three of you, us, urge you to go and search that out and go check it out because we guarantee you it will be a great show yeah so far every purpose show has been
2: on a night I've been DJing and I've not been able to get out to see them yet
1: so so you, considering it's coming up to Christmas are you, you'll be DJing on December the 10th I'm guessing
2: I am indeed every every Friday and Saturday and most Thursdays
1: oh blimey that's that's a nice schedule to have but not so good for wrestling, so.
2: Not so good. I've got tickets coming up for um, Stephen Edge for the, um, the Repro Jacob. Show. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Oh, we'll
0: talk about um, that
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Let, let's go into it now. Let's discuss the Jacob because that looks like it's going to be a bit special.
0: Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it, It's it, it, it's something that's been so good on the calendar the last few years, and. Obviously, it's been a bit more difficult with Ref Pro coming back in the era we're in and not being able to bring in, fly in as much talent or anything as they have in the past. But the J-Cup lineup for this year is looking really good and bringing in like Akira coming in from Italy um, mm. after what he's done in Japan and everything as well it's a great shout to have him in there. And also not just brought him in for the J-Cup, but had him in for a couple of other shows before as well. So he's now established as a Rev pro wrestler. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Stevenage. Yeah.
0: Speedball Mike Bailey. So there's six and out so far, which is Speedball Mike Bailey, Fireball Francesco Akira, as you just mentioned, uh, Connor Mills, because he defeated Callum Newman in a qualifying match. Robbie X, after he defeated Martin Kirby in a qualifying match. Michael Oku, uh, the uh, cruise, current Cruiserweight Champion of Red Pro UK. And just announced today, Chris Ridgway is going to be part of it as well. Just gets better. <laughs> and then the, uh, that triple, uh, sorry, six-man tag main event, uh, which features Will Osprey uh, and Aussie Open, who are just phenomenal right now, uh, all, th- all three of them uh, against RKJ, Luke Jacobs, and I'm guessing uh, Ethan Allen is now going to be replaced because he just picked up an injury, unfortunately. But what a great match. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it,
1: that, that's the thing that, that that match, I believe, like those, they, they've they been a bit unlucky with like Shoten is injured um, and now. Ethan picking up a knock. It's it's a shame, but you you look at the level of that match and the of the show it's on. I'm not saying they can just put anyone in there because Andy won't do that. But it, it's going. It, what whoever goes in there, you know, it's going to be a top draw match.
2: I reckon it'll be one of the new members of Northwest Strong. I reckon probably Cameron Solis will be the one that steps up. No, no, that no.
1: No, think, uh, Scott Oberman
0: was the one because Cameron. Sorry. You knew where I was going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Scott Overman, Keenan would be a good shout. Uh, I mean, Ricky Knight Jr. at the moment, for, for my money, has uh, really established himself as one of the top stars of the scene. And his match with Will Ospreay uh, really helped to establish that.
1: Yeah, those last two matches on that York Hall show, because you had the Aussie Open uh, destination everywhere as well. Um, those two matches, just all six men, you can just go, right, there you go. Take take that and just step up from it. Cause it, yeah, that was it was a long night, but it was a hell of a night.
0: <laughs> oh, what have you made of Yotasuji so far in uh refro UK? I think he's been phenomenal.
1: He's been really good. Um, dare I say, I'm also a fan of Lord Gideon Gray, sort of, in a way I'm probably not meant to. Um, so the, the way, the chemistry they've had, considering you've uh, got Yota, who's obviously not native English speaker, for them to have moulded the way they have and have had the storyline they have, it's been really, really good fun. And add to that, that Yota is then a phenomenal worker and keeps doing Spanish flies off the top rope.
0: <laughs> He's what, £240, £250? Probably something like that, yeah, yeah. Big boy, yeah, A uh, good weight. A good weight. <laughs> One match I really want to see soon is Charlie Sterling versus Will Osprey. It's a match I would really like to see.
1: I'll, I'd give you Charlie and Will, but Nick, Riley and Will.
0: Yeah, uh, Riley is just, uh, both of these guys have been under the radar and then suddenly have just Massively popped up the new tag team champions of uh progress wrestling, the Swanukin Aces, incredible. Uh, because they hadn't teamed before, but they competed against each other several times. That's an amazing story,
1: yeah. And and then they, um, yeah, and then some of the matches they've had on those um, those shows, just phenomenal like just King to the North.
2: <laughs> just... Oh, I love King to the North.
0: Okay, I'm going to put a really difficult question out now. Which match on the UK independent scene that you've seen, been part of, do you think has been the the best UK match so far? Of the last how long? Uh, Just since the uh, return, I guess.
1: Since the return, mm, that is a really, really (laughs) tough question because there have been... Plenty of good matches. I'd probably go with um, the Aussie Open Destination Everywhere match. Yeah. Purely was... because I didn't realise till I saw Gadge's tweet with the times on it that it went over half an hour. <laughs> and if I'm in the ring for half an hour and I haven't realised I've been in the ring for half an hour, they've done a really good job of keeping the action going.
0: Yeah, that was a phenomenal match. I. Just about preferred the one previous with the Young Guns, at, uh, the ninth anniversary show, which just phenomenal tag team matches and really deserve uh, higher praise than, than they've got, more media attention than they've got. They deserve huge star ratings, in my opinion. <laughs> Interesting to so see you both picked tag teams. I love tag team wrestling.
1: See... See, I would say I was more of a fan of singles, but you're right, I'm not, I'm not good to change my match now.
0: <gasps> what about you then, Dan? What's your pick?
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? Um,
2: I think I would probably go um, with the, um, <laughs> a significantly less well-known match. Wrestle Carnival, the first match they had on with Callum Newman, um, Danny Black... Maverick Mayhew, and it wasn't Joe, was
0: it? It was Joe Lando. Yeah, it was Joe yeah, Lando. Joe, Joe Lando's the um, way anyway with a win.
2: Yeah, that match for me was just, it was everything I like in a high-flying match. The speed, the talent. Um, I just loved it, and I love seeing the new guys coming through. So for me, and I was there, which helps. Yeah, um, I
0: was about to say, life, being there live does help. <laughs> um, I would go with that match. How hard is it to referee and control guys like that when they get going in a match?
1: Dare I say, you, you just sort of let them go a lot of the time um, and they know what they're doing. And that's where you sort of, you it's partly stand back in amazement at what they're doing. But th- my main thing in those sort of matches is just, as long as they're safe, that's all I'm worried about. <laughs>
0: No, that's fair play. Uh, now, NXT UK at first would seem to be been uh, considered a blight and uh, uh, destructive to the UK scene. But what we've seen recently is so many amazing young talents come through. Do you think the benefit of NXT UK is now becoming evident?
1: I think there's a, a lot of benefits to it now. You're right. Um, it has created some opportunities we, I, I, people said oh that's it they've sucked up all the talent and yeah okay 100 percent true you lost this top level off the show straight away um and they still now do have the ability to go oh they're doing all right i'll pick and choose them but i don't feel like that's going to be such a problem because you have got these rosters coming through and you have still got some established talent out there mm. you've been okay, yeah, Mark Haskins has been Ring of Honor, but he's still been out there on shows. It's not like he's disappeared from the UK scene and you'd class him as a top-level guy. There's, there's enough of a core cool being there to be able to carry on. And yeah, I, I don't think NXT UK is necessarily harming anything at the moment. If anything, it's bringing a bit of notoriety to, oh, hang on, wrestling in the UK.
2: There is one thing that is making me very angry.
0: Their use of Dan Maloney, <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, because unfortunately he gets uh, being used more for an enhancement talent. But he he's another one of these guys right now that I see is establishing himself as a top star on the scene. TNT Extreme Wrestling, Progress Wrestling, Ref Pro UK. He's on that. He's about to be on the cusp of winning a big uh, independent title, in my opinion.
1: And the thing as well is the look he's got is just incredible. And that's why I'm surprised he's not on an NXT UK or whatever more and in a more prominent position. Because when you look like that, surely you fit into any of the WWE brands.
2: Yeah, agreed. Agreed.
0: What do you think could help uh, promote the UK scene more now? Do you think there needs to be a promotion with a UK TV deal? Or do you think the streaming sites are there for people to use?
1: I think media is now, everything is becoming streaming. Um, it's it's just the way of the world. You can access everything. So even if you've got a TV deal, someone will say, okay, but how can I watch it on my phone, on my tablet or whatever? Yeah, UK <laughs> So by that point, I think you make yourself available as streaming. The only problem then is if you're all charging £10 a month, people aren't going to spend that on 10, 15 different promotions. Welcome to the
2: podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, So maybe a bit of collaboration, but I think one of the things that would help wrestling, and this is going to sound really daft, is they need to start advertising wrestling more. Because although I think it would help the houses go up and get more new fans in, which will gradually generate a bit more income, a bit more notoriety, and then you've got more in the crowd for streaming services, blah, 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 blah. And I just feel a lot of advertising at the moment goes to, these are the talents that are on the show. Whereas, do people walking down the street seeing a poster know that? No. Do they know what wrestling is, if it's in big, bold letters at the top of the poster? Yes, they do. And I just think a little bit more... it's it's looking at it from a completely different angle is I think the local promotion needs to go in more across the board and that will level everything up.
0: Mm. I would like to see some of the uh, larger media companies, uh, wrestling media companies actually write about British wrestling more often and uh, get, get ourselves into the papers, because uh, we had that story. We got into the papers at one point. Uh, but yeah, something we'd, we're trying to do with Bodyslam.net, uh, and uh, we just want to see British become bigger and better. I think it's on the verge of uh, another, another high point, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it, it just needs that. It's almost like it needs that tip over the edge, because the shows are there. Mm. The, the shows are there. The shows are great. They just need to be noticed. Like you say, a bit more media attention, a bit more local attention to make sure the attendances are what they need to be. Because some shows you'll see, yeah, they're packed houses. Some shows are like, mm, it's good, but it could be better. And I just think that's where, hang on, if we're getting full houses, everyone's going to feel good about it.
2: I think mm. what we've got coming this weekend is another step forward with the um, TNT Extreme Fields show up in Liverpool, where they've bought in four other promotions, is it four or five other promotions? Uh, to have shows on six their side,
0: promotions six, yeah. Um, uh, but what do you? Another thing that we've talked about with Shiva, I guess, is the idea of a UK wrestling federation of putting some promotions together. Do you ever think that will become a point? Do you think it needs to be done? Or
1: I think I don't think a federation would work. I just don't see enough people seeing eye to eye for long enough to make it work long-term. But I do think a few collaborations here and there are what's needed. So like maybe three or four companies rather than having one streaming service, uh, a streaming service each, there's one streaming service that they share or um, yeah, little things like that. I think there's the collaboration to be there, maybe, have some guest matches so if you if you've got a show that's two companies running locally okay you're in competition but why don't you have a guest match why don't you work together to lift each other up um unfortunately that's very very difficult in british wrestling but and it's an ideal scenario that may never happen but there are ways of making little things like that happen
2: I was going to say, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're saying that. And I'm glad, as I said, with the Extreme Fields and also with Catch, have been working with Wrestle Carnival. Um, I think it's just great to see the companies working together and giving everyone what they want to see and giving lots of places for people to work.
0: Yeah, fully agree. I think uh, if you tune into our podcast next week, we're going to do uh, one of our little exercises this week. We're going to be doing Progress versus icw super show so we'll uh, each create a, a card version of uh, what we think would be a great super card type show
2: yeah right i think we're coming towards the end of our podcast do we have any other questions that we particularly want to bring to mr hatch
0: I think he is asking Mr. Hedge, if there's any uh, promotions coming up in the next week, he would like to quickly advertise that uh, uh, he himself will be there as well as obviously just advertising the promotion as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we, we've covered a lot of the shows that I've got coming up anyway. So that's good. There's uh, rumble promotions near Sittingbourne uh, tomorrow night. There's the J cup and two, two nine weekender for Rev Pro. Then there's the weekender for the, um, your uh with your call in a couple of weeks after that um again rev pro uh fight nation have announced that the next show will actually be back at my skate world in eastbourne on the 25th um and then the next purpose is on december the 10th so that's pretty much what the schedule's looking like for me at the moment which is yeah I'd, it's relatively busy i'll always take being busier but uh yeah it's, it's looking good at the moment
0: There you go, and you can just see how many uh, UK promotions there are about to go see, and we highly recommend that if you're in the areas, go see them. Even if you're not, drive and get in the car Maybe do a group group travel coupon and uh, go see some good old-fashioned great British wrestling. With that said, we have been three grown men drinking tea, talking about grown adults wrestling in tights. We hope you have a great day and night, and remember, folks, don't feed the trolls.